up, everybody? Welcome back to High and Sightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, because they're dynamic. Did Jason just call in and say that I was a one-dimensional actor? Wow. Right, Owen Wilson? Why would Jason say that about you? <laughs> That was old BJ the Arcane Alienist with a little Owen Wilson love right there, man. That was dope. Yeah, so today I have a session recap because I just got off a super awesome session of Curse of the Crimson Throne. I got some calls. um, And then I'm going to answer Jason's question. Jason asked me to talk about Wandering Monsters. So at the end of the show, I'm going to talk about my feelings on Wandering Monsters and Wandering Monster Tables and if they're useful and who they might be useful for and all that stuff. So let's uh let's get into this recap because holy crap, it was an awesome session. Well, goddamn, we just finished our most recent session of Curse of the Crimson Thrones. Curse of the Crimson Thrones and holy, holy it was ama- it was so much fun. So get this. Here's a crazy stat. This fight, a single fight, lasted about two and a half hours and i will tell you it is the most dynamic fun exciting fight i've ever been a part of normally when a fight lasts that long which it can in pathfinder sometimes for sure i know i've talked about how the new games aren't any faster uh but yeah sometimes pathfinder fights can last a long time if you're missing all the anyway 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 but shit, so basically, if you remember last time, there we were trying to steal this pseudo-dragon from this crime lord, the king of spiders, and that's where we ended the session. And so, boom, session begins. Let's do it. And so, already in this room with us, there was the crime lord, the king of spiders, plus six other people... Four other people to start with. Uh, And then at the top of each round, a new bad guy came in. And it was just insane. Luckily, these guys were just doing non-lethal damage because they weren't trying to kill us, right? They were just trying to capture us and not let us rob their boss. But so they're hitting us with saps and you'd get knocked unconscious but the beautiful thing about non-lethal damage is if you take any sort of magical healing all of it goes away all of it and plus you're not losing your regular hit points so it was super like <laughs> we'd be fight trying to fight our way out of the door and they're doing non-lethal damage like <laughs> skinner is trying to do some non-lethal damage he goes and squares off with the big boss man Runs up and does some non-lethal damage. Then some asshole runs up behind Skinner, stabs him with the sword. The boss pops out Assassin's Creed style uh, two fucking blades from his gauntlets and stabs Skinner. And that was the beginning of me rolling like ass the entire fight. So, of course, this dude had poison on his blades. Okay, make a fortitude save. No problem. My fortitude save is one of my best ones. Pretty good at it. Boom, roll a one. Now I'm poisoned. Taking strength damage now. Holy shit, I'm a strength-based character. This sucks. Now I'm starting to be encumbered by my gear, slowing my movement down. Uh, 
Skinner gets knocked unconscious for a while. He's getting dragged out of the room by Penny while people are trying to swing at her, but they're missing. And yeah, Fleeb, the fighter, he's just gone completely insane and he's just murdering people now with his pick. He, he has the cleave feet, so he's getting attacked two people at once, which at this level is amazing. So he's like chopping fools down. People are running away from him. And it was that whole fucking, <laughs> what's it from, Watchmen, when he's like, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And that was total. <laughs> that was totally Fleeb tonight. And Kelsier, our sorcerer, he made it all the way out of, because we were in this boat, and <laughs> all the way out of the boat onto the docks before he got knocked out. That was amazing for a sorcerer. And... It's crazy. Like people were jumping off the docks, trying to swim in the water, all kinds of crazy shit. And it makes me laugh because I know we talk a lot about that. You can't make a rule for everything, but you almost, (laughs) there was not a situation that arose in this crazy ass dynamic fight that went all over the place. Elevation changes, everything that, there wasn't a rule to cover. <laughs> That's Pathfinder for you. It's got your back. You have to know it. Granted, like, our DM doesn't, isn't as familiar with it. So she was just making rulings, which is totally cool, right? That's the thing we talk about. But it's not because she had to. Um, or, yeah, she did have to, but it's not because the rules weren't there. The rules are totally there. I could have told her the rules, but I'm not running the game, so I'm just being quiet, as quiet as I can. Um, and it was just so much fun, man. I swear, I've never been in such a dynamic fight before. It was all over the place. There was so much movement, and that's just, that's really fun. Like, that's when the whole, I mean, it does get a little video gamey. And like I said before with this campaign, it, it is a get it done campaign, but it's just so it's sometimes it's just fun to just throw down some dice and just be like, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And we made it out alive with the fairy dragon. We rescued the fairy dragon. We got the evidence we needed on this politician who's trying to bring in the evil empire. Like we totally succeeded in the mission. It like against all odds, the way we did it was like the worst possible way you could do it. <laughs> But we did it, and we survived. And Jay didn't take it easy on us. Not that much. Not very much. You know, she gave us a couple things every now and then. But not enough where it would have made a real big difference. It was just, it was super solid. It was a really, really fun session. And it's crazy to think about how, in the game world, our characters started off their morning. They woke up early in the morning, got a job went and busted up this like cannibal meat operation and this guard insurrectionist brought that racket down, busted that up, chilled out for a couple hours, went, robbed a crime lord, got a bunch of more evidence, and then made it back to the barracks safely. It's been an amazing day for our characters. (laughs) I think, you know, obviously this isn't, real world one day it's game time one day but in that one day i think we've gone up two levels because it's been 
five or six sessions of some crazy shit. I know everyone's like, oh my God, you get two levels in six sessions. What's wrong? We're on the fast experience track, dogs. <laughs> and it's savage. Our crew is so filthy. We are just filthy. Ranger, fighter, rogue, sorcerer, dude. That is like... So we are playing like a pretty typical, if you think about it, sword and sorcery party. We have very little magic. We have shit all for healing. Um, the fighter and the rogue and the the ranger, we don't have any magic at all. <laughs> it's just... It's dope, dude. This campaign is built for this shit. Uh, we'd probably be getting destroyed if we were playing like Rise of the Rune Lords. I don't think this party would work for that campaign. But for this campaign, it's perfect. And yeah, you know, it's awesome when you have these sessions. And it's even crazier that this session was seriously a fight. It was a two and a half hour long fight. And chase, too. We ran. They chased us. It was, we had to go on multiple maps. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was super fun. Jay did great keeping everything together. Roll 20 really helps with that. Tech issues happen because two of us this time were playing remotely. Uh, I played from my house and the guy who plays Fleeb played from his house. But yeah, we're taking next week off. And then we'll be back at it in two weeks, and I can't wait because it was fun. All right, I've rambled enough about this awesome session. Let's get into the show. This first call is from the geomologist himself, Carl Rodriguez, replying to what BJ had to say about Rod Palford in my last episode. So, Carl, put the story right. I have a bone to pick with BJ now. Tim Owens doesn't really sound like Rob Halford. Um, as much as people think they do, nah, they really don't. I mean, I guess he's like with Iced Earth now, or he does he did some Iced Earth stuff. Now that 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 singer, the singer from Iced Earth, he actually participated in the insurrection attack on the White House, so he's maybe in jail now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, BJ, uh, you should get your ears checked because. Rob Halford is much better singer than Tim Owens. And I think Tim Owens only lasted uh, one album before uh, the rest of Priest figured it out and said, yeah, yeah, we need to get Rob back. I can't argue with that at all. <laughs> Rob Halford rules. First openly gay singer in heavy metal. That's amazing. Uh, folks, if you've never seen the documentary heavy metal parking lot, please do yourself a favor and watch it. It's, probably the best documentary ever made <laughs> no but seriously it is hilarious it was filmed in the probably early 80s in the parking lots of uh judas Priest shows before the show this camera crew was going around interviewing folks and the people that get interviewed are some of the just cream of the crop 80s metal amazingness some of the outfits, the hairdos, the accents, uh, the shit that they say. <laughs> There's this one dude who's talking about how awesome Judas Priest is. And he's naming off the dudes in the band. Forgive me. I don't know all their names. But he's like, this dude's pretty cool. This dude totally rips. Rob Halford, I don't know about you, but you're pretty cool. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah. <laughs> like 
so many of these dudes were just conflicted that they're like, I love this guy, but wait, what does that mean? Because he's gay, does that make there's so much confusion back then, so many mixed up um, emotions and hormones? It's amazing. You really owe it to yourself if you can find it to watch Heavy Metal Parking Lot. It rules. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that. Let's talk about some cyberpunk. Hey, Joey, early morning driving up to Dallas. Um, it is. Arlen's character's name is the same as my character's name. I'm Marcus, and he's Marcus. So I have a heavy K sound, and he has a heavy C sound. So, you know, we're both we're variations of Marcus, and he's Marcus with the C. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to throw down my recap. You didn't get into the nitty-gritty of the combat, and I may do that um, because you didn't. So it definitely was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I haven't... I mean, I looked at cyberpunk stuff, but like I was sharing yesterday, everyone always wanted to play Shadowrun because they wanted EDOs in their game. Uh, I don't know. Cyberpunk seems to be kind of cooler to me. Yeah, dude. I do love Cyberpunk 2020. I love the world. I love the game. And a lot of that is wrapped up in nostalgia. I realize it's got some issues for sure, but... You know, I've never played... Well, I have played one session of Shadowrun, like I've mentioned before. But the that world has always fascinated me. I've never really gotten a chance to play in it. And I, I can see where the problems would come up. Because magic is probably... You know, magic is magic. And technology is technology. I, I don't know. But I, I just... That world has always, always fascinated me. Um, yeah, man. So I'm glad we got to play some cyberpunk together dude that was dope anyway let's let's have the final say the last clarification uh on this brother versus brother situation fallout you experienced way 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 back in the day and i'm not gonna say let's put a pin in this conversation because that phrase is stupid and dumb so i will not say it but this should be the final bit of that conversation. I want to guess, I don't know if I was defending myself. I mean, like you pointed out, man, this game was like in 1991 or 92, like almost 30 years ago. There was no such thing as safety tools. And I definitely use them now for sure. Especially when I run games that have adult themes like Call of Cthulhu or, um, Twilight 2000 especially, it can be pretty brutal. And I know I've had to self-edit or change things because I I know some of the people I play with, I'm really good friends with. I mean, I'm playing with my wife, so I know some of the triggers, so I just X those out. We're not going to do those at all. But I definitely encourage players, and we had talked about it in the Session Zero in this Twilight 2000 game, that, yeah, you know, tell me. Uh, PM me. Let me know, hey, I need to stop this i don't like this i don't like this way this is going um yeah for sure i definitely agree with that man i should talk about these old war stories on my podcast but hey you're getting the benefit they seem pretty fun i will say the older brother was one of the best mans in my wedding so he didn't blame me or hold it against me um that that shit happened in a game i mean honestly me and me and this guy 
we've actually had a down and drag out fight over a girl. And then we dusted ourselves off and said, okay, let's go get a beer after his brother and another friend of ours broke it up. Cause it was freaking stupid. So, you know, we're, we're super good friends. He's like one of my best friends. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to go talk to him cause I, I need to, know exactly or figure out exactly what happened because i think i did say hey are you sure you're doing this and i think the player the older brother said fuck it let's do this let's 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 rock or something you know whatever the 91 slang for that was yeah dude carl i hear you that shit was a long time ago man but if what you say if that's how it happened if you stopped the game and the older brother was like, fuck it, bring it on. I'll murder all of you. We'll see where the dice fall. That changes everything. That changes. I take back everything I said. Uh, yeah, like that's that's fine then. You stopped. You asked. He said, let's do it. Fucking cool. That just shows that there's so much more to everything once you start peeling back the layers and looking closely Oh man. Yeah, totally. I, I hope if you have more of these stories, you tell them on your pot, you don't have to share them here. Carl's say them on your show, man. Uh, they're great stories. Uh, lots of lessons to be taken away. And I thank you for sharing them here. I really appreciate that dude. But yeah, like <laughs> the story of you two getting in a knockdown drag out fight and then dusting yourselves off and going to grab a beer together that's that's just quintessential dude friendship uh the yeah the fact that he was a best man at your wedding that you guys are still best friends like that rules man <laughs> that, that totally rules well shit okay we got that cleared up <laughs> or did we will there be another wrinkle who knows <laughs> No pins allowed. Anyway, uh, up next we have Jason talking a little bit more about the uh, cyberpunk game. Talking about some cereal, which is awesome. And then getting us into today's main topic. So Jason, take it away. Hey Joe, nothing better than to wake up in the morning, pour a bowl of Frankenberry, have a cup of coffee, and listen to my buddy talk about the games he's played in. Sounds pretty cool. I, I didn't do much to dress up, dude. I had a... If you want to hear the totally awesome description of what Jason was wearing for our cyberpunk game, you have to go check out his episode 262. If you haven't already, go check it out. Uh, Frankenberry, huh, dude? Okay. All right. I haven't had Frankenberry in forever. I had Fruity Pebbles not too long ago, and they were really, really good. <laughs> I get frosted mini wheats a bunch because both me and my roommate really like them high in fiber um yeah man i i love cereal like i i don't know if i said it before i'm a big fan of apple jacks i love cinnamon toast crunch i haven't had that for a while and then cookie crisp get out of here man i remember that from back in new jersey when i was like five or six one of my friend's mom's would let them have cookie crisp. And whenever I spent the night over there, it was like heaven. <laughs> it was like, holy shit, we get to have chocolate chip cookies for breakfast. Because that's all it is. It's just little mini chocolate chip cookies. Anyway, dude, you got some more to say. But again, if you want to hear Jason's awesome outfit, go check out his episode 262, the Cyberpunk Recap. All right, dude, what else you got? Let's get us into the main topic. As far as Pathfinder goes, that sounds like a dope game. Very, very cool. 
Although, so brothels are ends of, yeah, brothels are dens of ill repute in that world. That's sad. That's closed-minded, man. Also, tell me what you really think about Wandering Monsters. You know, we don't have to talk about player skill. Let's talk about Wandering Monsters and GM Fiat. I think it is sad, dude, that brothels are considered dens of ill repute in Galarian. Even though I don't know if that's true. I know it is completely untrue in my world, <laughs> in the world of Malak. My heroes opened up a brothel slash martial arts training center just for the workers of the brothel, though, so they could train to be badasses while they were making money. It's dope. It was a pillar of the community. Uh, awesome. <laughs> awesome stuff. But yeah, man, I love your messages. Thank you, dude. I'm glad you got something out of it while you were enjoying a bowl of dope cereal. That makes me happy. I like to imagine everyone listening to my show is listening while they're eating a bowl of their favorite cereal. Unless it's a gross cereal, then get a better cereal. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Okay, wandering monsters. Should we talk about them? Let's let's do it. Well, you know, as I sort of implied or even flat out said, I don't really care for them. And it's for a bunch of different reasons. Um, so I either find them too restrictive, like this is the list of wandering monsters in the dungeon and you roll this amount of times and no matter what you get happens. Okay, so they're like that. Or you don't have to follow exactly what they say. You can make your own wandering monster chart. And in that case, that that takes some time. So why not just make encounters and put monsters where you think they would be and have them move around like you think they would? I don't, you know, and then there's the whole aspect of, oh, but it's a surprise. We want to be surprised, too. But is anyone really surprised? Like you've either read the list in advance or you've built the list yourself. So, you know, what's on the list. And yeah, you don't know exactly what you're going to get, but you know what roughly you're probably going to get. Or you could just like have someone random make you a wandering monster list without looking at it ever until game time. And then you roll on it. Then you could be really be surprised, but then you got to stop the game. Look at the monster, you know, like, I don't know, just the, I've, I've tried it. I've tried it for a while in, um, in some of my games and I just, I haven't liked it. It takes too long to figure it out. Like, okay, now I got to roll. Now I got to look at the dice. Now I got to look at the chart. Hopefully, you know, if I need a page of the monster book open, hopefully I have it saved or I just have all the monster stats memorized. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it seems to pull me out of the fiction more so than just having, kind of the world be moving around as I feel like it should be. So yeah, is that, is that GM Fiat? I I think that's moving the world. I mean, it is right because I am the dungeon master. I am saying where these monsters are going to be. So yes, it is GM Fiat for sure. But I think it is GM Fiat in the cause for, good and verisimilitude you know 
this troop of goblins is probably going to be right around here at this time. And if the players are there, shit, now they run into this troop of goblins. What do you do? And if the players are there earlier or later, then they miss them. I don't, yeah, I don't know. To me, I, I don't see the value in wandering, wandered, wandering, wandering, wandering monster tables. They're, they can be fun, but I just think I, I found them to be a little tiresome after using them for a while. It was like, ah, shit, okay, I, I'm just going to stop using these. You know, I, I used them a lot in my last campaign when my players were lost in this mountain range that was full of enemies and full of bad stuff. They were trapped in the dwarven-controlled mountain range. And again, the dwarves in my world are assholes. So they didn't want to run into them. Plus, there was a bunch of demons and other shit going on in this mountain. It was bad news. It was a giant ungoliath spider. It's not Ungoliath, you stupid, dumb idiot. Have you even ever read the Silmarillion? It's Ungoliant. All right, let's get back to the show. Enough of that idiot from the past. You know, uh, that they they almost ran into, but they were smart enough to go around. Which, oh, man, that bummed me out. They would have gotten eaten up. <laughs> Maybe not. They probably could. I don't know. I don't know. See, that's the thing. Like, so I, I had all these wandering monsters and it worked for that pretty well. Uh, but even by the end of them trekking through the mountains, I was just sort of tired of rolling and then looking and then putting together new charts, you know, based on what had happened in the old charts and stuff. I don't, it just seemed ultimately like it was more work. And that's what I'm trying. I feel like that's what a lot of dungeon masters are trying to avoid. But to me, Wandering monster tables feel like extra work. I don't know. I know other people out there like them. And I know they've been a part of the game forever. But I don't know. I feel like they were part of the game because it was sort of teaching people how to play the game. And now that you know how to play the game and like the idea and the tropes and the idea that monsters don't just sit in a room and wait that they actually move around or they should like what BJ, the arcane alienist was talking about a while ago in his show about the, uh, emperor Palpatine problem. Did he talk about that on this show? I don't know, but that whole thing. Yeah. So that's to me, that's what wandering monsters tables do. They, they teach you that the monsters move around, but then after that, once you know that and you have that, integrated into your repertoire of sweet dm moves i don't know i don't think you need the monster wandering monster tables anymore the players will run into monsters when they should run into them not just because this one chart says they have to run into them now and that you have to roll on it every certain amount of time i yeah i don't know like i said that just feels a little restrictive to me um, but as has been made abundantly clear over and over again, I am a weird dude, but what does everybody else think? What do we think about wandering monsters? Like I said, I know they're a staple. They're one of those 
things that OSR people tend to hang their hats on. You hear a lot about them, but are they more work? Why or why not? (laughs) I've expressed that I think they are and said why, but that's just me. What do you all think? I'm very curious. I'm very curious. So tell me, please. Yeah, so that's the show. There it is. Some monstering monsters. Boo. (laughs) I mean, it's monsters, right? It's October, the spooky time. Well, it is at time of recording, at least. Anyway, thank you so much to BJ, the arcane alienist, to Carl Rodriguez, the GM presents, GMologist presents, uh, and to Jason, the ever, ever present and always welcome Connerly. That's a that's a hell of a handle right there. <laughs> From the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Empire Maker, Kingmaker, Jason. Anyway, folks, <laughs> you don't have to have a podcast to call into me. If you don't want, anyone can call in. Every now and again, Kit calls in, and that's always fun. It's nice to hear from different people. So if you're ever tempted, you can go to anchor.fm slash hindsightless, probably. I don't know. That seems like it might work. Anyway, (laughs) everyone out there, you're awesome. Hope you're having a good day, and we'll talk soon. Peace out.